Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Here, say guys. And this week we are also joined by... Dave, I'm back. <laughs> Party! <laughs> uh, we're here to continue our Netflix series this time... We're talking about Pierce's pick. Pierce, yes. what did you choose for this this time? Don't you forget about me. My hand's in, also a fist in the air, just so everyone's aware on the internet. With the wrong arm. Okay, well, I'm not that picky. <laughs> uh, the other one's holding a beverage, all right? So, yeah. Thank um, you for calling it a beverage, since it is a white Russian. And yes. And that, that is appropriate. Um, I chose Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club, uh, 1985 film. Uh, written and directed by John Hughes and starring a great cast. Yeah. Dave, you mentioned right before we started recording, you've seen this probably about ten times? Yeah, I'm a huge John Hughes fan. This isn't the only movie that I like. I pretty much own all his collection at home. What else has he done? What else has he done? He's done... Well, Pretty in Pink, Pretty in Home Pink. Alone. Yeah. Some oh, Kind of Wonderful, uh, 16 Candles. Okay. Just pretty much every quintessential 80s romantic comedy uh Short of a couple really good ones, you know, Better Off Dead and stuff like that. But he's a solid, he's a solid, uh, solid director from the eighties. If you want to see his <clears throat> directography, his filmography, Pierce, he did Delta House, National Lampoon's Class Reunion, At Ease, Mr. Mom, National Lampoon's Vacation, Nate and Hayes, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, European Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Some Kind of Wonderful, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's oh, Having a baby, baby, The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, Christmas Vacation, really? Home Alone, Career Opportunities, Only the Lonely, Dutch, Carly, or Curly Sue, Beethoven, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Dennis the Menace, Baby's Day Out, Miracle on 34th Street, 101 Dalmatians, Flubber, Home Alone 3, Reach the Rock, Just Visiting, Newport yeah. South, Made in Manhattan, and Drillbit Taylor. Well, that was a sad drop. So short of Drillbit Taylor, this guy <laughs> is basically an 80s and 90s movie yeah. guy. And I should, I should be clear, those are both things he directed, executive produced, and wrote. Or, or wrote, not end, not, no. not end. And, but and can we didn't just say, he wrote Drillbit Taylor and Made in Manhattan. Wow. <laughs> and, and also, just for the record, I do want to point out, Dave and I have a gentleman's agreement that when he finally has children, I'm allowed to be Uncle Buck. So, as long as I get to make giant pancakes with a shovel. That's, that's really... pretty much as far as being Uncle Buck you'll be. <laughs> well, that's true. Can we at least call him Uncle Puck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. Unless I can combine all of John Candy's characters and also be a shower curtain ring salesman at the same time. And be half man, half dog, like from Spaceballs. Oh, let's skip that part, because, yeah, I'm my own best friend. Anyway, Breakfast Club. So you've seen it many times, yes. Dave. Pierce, this was your choice. How many times have you seen the movie? I'm curious. It's been mostly TV. So I will say this is the first time. So you've seen 30% of the movie. Yes. 100% of the Yes. Time. <laughs> exactly. It's really what it comes down to. This is the first time that I have, in succession, watched all of it. I always thought it was just a half an hour after school. <laughs> <laughs> really, when you cut out all the cursing, that's pretty much what you have left. I thought that line was forget you. <laughs> 
you know, like the CeeLo Green song. Um, <laughs> I've seen it, I think this was, I watched earlier today. I think that was my fourth time seeing it. I did not see this movie until shortly after college, I think, for mm. the first time. It was a movie I heard about many times, and it was on HBO one day. And I just happened to sit down and watch it. I think for, I missed like the first three minutes. But there's a lot of movies from the 80s in particular that, without naming names, of movies, people who grew up in that generation remember very fondly, all right? And you can look at a lot of 80s movies, 80s movies and 70s, late 70s, early 80s, and mid-80s movies where it's just, oh, that's a great movie, that's a great movie, that's a great movie. And when you actually go back and watch them, many of them aren't. I'd say no. most of them aren't. It's just you are at the right age and you remember it fondly because of the people you saw it with. It the hit you the right life, way. Or even for its time, it was the best that there was. Sure, sure, that that too. So there's a lot of movies from this era that when I go to watch them for the first time, there's always that in the back of my head of, is this movie actually good, or is it just a movie that a lot of people who saw it when they were 15 really loved it? Mm. This is a movie that holds up. Yes, this the it's, answer is yes. Every time I watch this, I'm like, why don't I watch this every you know two months? Because this is such yep. a great movie. Um, the dialogue, the characterization, the direction, everything about it is really splendid. Yeah. So before we get too much into the movie beyond just that it's it's a lot of fun, it's the best we movie. should reaffirm that this is our part of our Netflix series, which means we will talk about the movie in three sections. First, in a mostly non-spoilery section. Second, we will talk about movies that this reminds us of, or video games, or comics, whatever. Just other media that it makes us think of, or things that make us think of it. And third, we will talk about it in a full-blown spoilers away version, where we will spoil everything, and then we'll be done. Now, I think we should also say there aren't really spoilers. Like you could spoil what they're there for, because a lot of yeah, that that's stuff true. Is, is why they're in detention. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. I, of stuff. I think I think though that there isn't much of a plot to this. It's just here's eight hours condensed into two. So I don't think there's too much spoilers, but you're right. Stuff like why they're there and all that, and the very, you know, dramatic climax talking scene. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's just give the basic plot of the movie. You have five high school students. Five, right? Five, yes. yes. Of the most generic archetypes there are. Yes, for a reason. Yeah, yeah It's very purposefully absolutely. taking the, those archetypes, and, and we'll dissect them later. And they are all scheduled one Saturday for eight hours of detention. Mm-hmm. And there's your movie. It's these mm-hmm. five people who don't know each other, don't really like each other, and they're going to be stuck in a room for eight hours. Well, that point, they do know of each other. From yes, but they don't know each yeah, other yeah, they like, don't... well. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I was surprised when rewatching this, I was like, wait, they don't know each other's first names? No, they just all kind of know each other from a real standoffish, like, yeah. coming from different cliques in high school type. And we should probably point out... Um, again, for listeners who haven't heard this mentioned on other episodes, Dave and I were both homeschooled, and Pierce, you went to some weird church school. Catholic school. Catholic so we school. have no idea what this kind so of school is. So we have yeah. no idea how accurate this is, particularly for 1985, well, see, I let think, alone for now. I think that's, we and that's, that's an important distinction, where the, the same cliques, I, I feel, don't exist today that existed then. I like, think they probably I disagree do. with that. Uh, I I don't know, because of how our culture has changed. not saying that we're the perfect accepting culture. I feel like nerd isn't the same clique, because everyone has something nerdy about them now. They are still the D&T club kids. Did you you say D&T? No, D&D. That's right. The the D&D club kids, the AV club guys. (laughs) (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Dragons. 
That's how they talk when they have their speech impediments. <laughs> dungeons and dragons. <laughs> Although I don't know why you'd be able to pronounce dungeons and not dragons. It would have to be tra- it's dragons and dragons. That's that's why they all hang out together. Well, because it's it's cooler to say the TNT club than the D and D. That's actually true. Come play Dungeons and Dragons with me. Anyway, people that don't have teeth or something. I don't know. It's a very specific niche high school club. I, I will say, though, that even, even though I obviously wasn't in high school in 1985, I, I think the movie's actually set in 1980 or 84? I don't know. They say at one point, I forget off the top of my head, even though I wasn't, A, alive, yet, let alone in high school at yeah. that time, nor did I attend a normal high school, I will say that it's incredibly accurate in the way everyone talks. Yes. Now, there is some slang that I don't know how much of it is real and how much of it is just John Hughes being clever in a... Uh, who wrote uh, Who wrote Chuno? Uh, I don't know. Diablo, Diablo Cody. How much of it is real and how much of it is just that kind of, let's make up slang that sounds funny. But, at least in terms of the language used and the way everybody talks, yeah. extremely accurate in a way you almost never see anymore. You know, Especially not on TV, which is the way I watch the majority of this movie. <laughs> yes. It's just, you know, now if it's a movie for teenagers, there's not going to be any language or no strong mm-hmm. language. Unless it's, you know, rated R, in which case most teenagers can't technically get into it anyway. So they just avoid that. And so you come, you get all these movies about teenagers where they don't talk like real people. Yeah. In this movie, I totally buy that every single one of these people is a, is a real person. I agree. I took a couple film classes, and people are always like, oh, film is getting more raunchy. It's no. not... Because if you watch Airplane, which was rated PG, it yeah. had a naked woman. Oh, yeah, there's there's nudity all over PG movies back yeah. in the day. So it's 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 something that's definitely not happening. What I really want to say is, I wish my library was that awesome. Like, if I had a library that was anywhere near as cool as that one was, I would have spent all my time in that library because that was an awesome room that they had. I'm just it was it was a pretty cool library. They had Molly Ringwald in my library. I would totally <laughs> hang out there all the time too. Well, but back then, not not now. Which who who was that? Molly Ringwald. Which one was that? She was the red haired one. The red haired one. You see, I, I'd be, oh, see, that's that's a question. I'd be more interested in Ali Sheed. Yes, quite frankly. yes. The, and the free makeover, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that you saw her face and that she would suddenly be more attractive to the jock guy, but like. No, stick with the artsy no, look. She was pretty. She was pretty hot pre makeover. I will give you that. Yeah, where did the pink blouse come from? Like that. <laughs> oh no! It just magically appeared. Like that. Somebody, was, it was in somebody's locker. Like seriously, her makeover was the only problem I had with the entire movie. Her makeover and the and what comes of that is, as I agree with you, is also one thing where I went really. Everything else pretty much that happens in the movie, aside from maybe how much they're able to get away with things without yeah. uh, principal. What's his name? Dick something. Without him realizing certain things, yeah. aside from that, and I understand that's just part of the plot. That was the only thing that bothered me yeah. in this movie. So let's talk about our principal cast of these five students who are who are in the Breakfast Club, as you will, uh, who were known by the media as the Brat Pack at the time. You have Emilio Estevez, uh, son and and brother of a very famous acting family. You have Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall. John Caplios, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. Of course, John uh, Caplios was, I believe, I the, the principal. You know Emilio Estevez. Yeah. From what? Well, you know his father and brother pretty well. From what? Martin Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Nicole and I had a whole conversation about that. Where she's like, is that the guy from Mighty Ducks? I'm like, no, I think that's one of the Sheens. 
And so, yeah. All right, that makes... Yeah, all right, cool. We got it. We're uh, good. Anthony Michael Hall, you've seen in many things. I believe he was on ER, right? I never watched that, ever. Uh, let me bring up... I, I have Pierce's iPad in front of me, so I can open up in a new tab. While you're doing Anthony that. Michael Hall, who has been in many, many He's things. He's a nerd, right? He was, he was Brian the Nerd, yes. Brian Johnson. I didn't actually realize that was the character's last name. Yeah. Let's see his filmography. Things you would have seen. Why does that name sound familiar? Because uh, he's... Uh, Comic, comic book, book man, man. Yeah, yeah yeah beardy 16 candles breakfast club weird science weird science edward That's scissorhands yeah. uh six degrees of separation freddie got fingered dave i know you've seen that one uh he, he's in the dark knight he plays mike engel i don't know who that is he was the i believe he was it was the newsman he's one of the the news announcers okay. and then on television he was on saturday night live for a year he was i believe the youngest cast member of saturday night live uh, Tales from the Crypt, NYPD Blue, Murder, She Wrote, Touched by an Angel, hmm. Diagnosis Murder, Entourage, Community, CSI Miami, No Ordinary Family, Warehouse 13, Awkward Psych. Uh, on Community, he played Mike. He was the character who was like the bully who who kept challenging um, Jeff to a fight in one of the Christmas episodes. They have a whole fight in a little Christmas display with fake snow and like candy canes. And he's I wearing like a sleeveless shirt. Yeah, he's the douche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've definitely, you've definitely. All right. Seen so let's let's things. jump back to Breakfast Club here. All right. So we so let's also talk about the characters. You got the jock, who the is Emilio Estes. Yeah, the sheen. Yes. Then you have the nerd, who we just talked about. Uh, yes, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, you have the pretty girl, Molly Ringwald, and who in my mind it was just uh, the pretty gin- girl. It was Ginger and Molly Ann in my mind the entire time. Ginger, uh, Ginger and, and Molly Ann. Mary Ann. Okay. Good old Molly Ann. <laughs> The Molly Ringwald was a huge star in a lot of John Hughes movies. Oh, yeah, yeah pretty. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's I think she was, she was in Six and Candles, right? She was in Six yeah. and Candles. He, was, he kind of considered her his muse for a while, I yeah. believe, which was a little creepy. That's, 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 yeah, that's creepy. Uh, then you have the artistic... You have the Manic Pixie Dream Girl yeah, played by Alan Exactly, G. exactly. And then you have the the loner, the, the tough the guy. The bad boy. Yeah. The bad boy. Judd yes, Nelson. Yes, Judd Nelson. Now, in high school... I'll pose this question to both of you. Uh, let's go to Dave first, because Pierce has been talking. A lot. Who would you say, of these five archetypes, you were closest to in high school? For me in high school? Well, because I fit into that whole homeschool realm. And if you listen to any... The, the homeschool version of these archetypes. The homeschool version of these archetypes. <laughs> yes. That, so take them all down by 90%. I would probably be Judd Nelson. Okay, and I, I think I'd agree yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, mm-hmm, I agree. If you had your choice in high school, which of those five would you have most wanted to be? I would probably want to be out. No. <laughs> no, I would probably stick with Judd Nelson. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I could, I'd really want to be the sporto or the nerd. Um, I, I kind of like be, having that like little bit of bad boy mystery and... For being homeschooled, you really just have to not wear sweatpants and <laughs> listen to some sort of secular music, and then you're automatically labeled the bad boy. It's really pretty easy. It, it's yeah. incredibly easy. Pierce, in, in your weird Catholic high school, which of those five archetypes were you? See, here's... Please uh, tell me it was Raleigh Wayne. Molly Ring. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, here, see, that's... Pierce can apply lipstick with his cleavage. <laughs> I, I Hey, I have a feeling my cleavage is big as hers is, so that's, that's, that might be doable. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let that sit where it is. So, uh, all right. For Here's the, the podcast, thing. You can go to piercescleavage.com. That's <laughs> what we're really talking about. Let's hope hey, that's just not a real picture website. of my hairy boobs. But anyway. Uh, 
That's so gross to think about. All right. Yeah. I went to Catholic school. And Catholic school means you're either smart or rich. And I'm not particularly either. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm intelligent, but I'm lazy. Right? So my first gut reaction would be, I'm the nerd. But he was part of, like, the physics club and the math club. And you were part of the train club. Yes. Like, the like, president. I was the... He's not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. I was the president of the train club. Right? So I guess I would be more towards the nerd side, but not in, like, the intellectual way. More just in a really weird way. So, so more like Ali Sheedy. That's actually probably more accurate. I was more like her. I wasn't quiet, but yeah, I would say I'd be more more that side of things. And which one would you have wanted to be? Probably the the bad boy, but also fine with the artistic girl at the same time. Yeah, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That be it. For me, I kind of went back and forth between Ali Sheedy and Anthony Michael Hall, the the, the nerd and the manic uh, girl kind of throughout watching it, but definitely by the end, and we'll save this for the spoilers portion, but by the end, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely the Anthony Michael Hall character. That said... Can we just go with the archetypes? Because I'm never going to remember... Okay, let's keep with nerd or their character names, because actor names I'm never going to remember. I'm absolutely the nerd. I totally identified with his character. That said, I will make it the trifecta. I definitely wanted to be the Judd Nelson, and probably thought I was the Judd Nelson <laughs> for a while. Dave can attest. Yeah, um, as I wore my army jacket. By the way, you are have an awesome jacket on tonight. By Thank the way, you. He's, he's got a really nice uh, leather or faux leather jacket that is sporty looking. Thank you. <laughs> Sporty's the wrong word. No, no, good. I think sporty is a good. He's wearing khaki pants, leather jacket. It's sleek. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he's the classiest sleek. of the three of us. This podcast will now switch to us hitting on Dave. No. Yeah. Hey, I <laughs> do it every jokes. day. His wife got mad at me because I thought it was his butt, but it was someone else's butt. <laughs> I don't really follow. Every, every time at the bar, just always be... After a few beers, Pierce just happens to start complimenting me on Look, different facets of my... Uh... I compliment everyone, okay? I tell everyone they smell nice, that they look good. I notice when they get their hair cut. You know, I'm just very complimenting. <laughs> That's not nosy. You did talk about how much they smell nice. Towards men. I'm yes, <laughs> affectionate towards everyone. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the the five main archetypes. But then you also have the other two big characters in the film. You have is it the principal, assistant principal, superintendent? What was his? Uh... He was the principal. Yeah, he was the principal. And I don't know if you noticed, but his calendar. Assistant Principal Richard Ver- Vernon. Vernon, which sounds like Vernon. <laughs> it does. Well, because there was a lot of that. Like, in the background in his office, there was a poster with, like, a sports car and a half-naked chicken that said Rigid on it. And I was like, oh, because he's rigid in personality. You also, know, his name is Dick. His name is <laughs> Dick Vernon, you know? Vernon. So, well, it's, you know... <laughs> Dick Vernon. So, like, the whole movie is so archetype, you know? Because, like, each character was... So he's the weasel. Yeah. Well, yeah. Vermin. So, yeah. Yes, I, I'm picking up on that. Yes. And then you also have the uh, custodial worker, whose name I don't actually Carl. Carl, yes. That's right. Carl Reed, the school janitor, uh, according to Wikipedia. Yep. And Pierce. <laughs> and yes, and just the facts of the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, what, what did you think about their story in, in the film? I mean, without getting into spoiler territory, like, did you feel it was necessary to go back and forth with them? Or would you have rather stay with the kids? Or did you like it exactly how it was? I liked it just the way it was, because I think especially with Carl the gender, they were using him to kind of tell, like, a, a separate story. 
and they used him with Judd Nelson's character very like very well in the movie. And he lays down some truth. He does, yeah. <laughs> Which we can get into later. But, yeah, because uh, at first he just seemed so... Like, there was no point to him. And I, and I know that was just a setup for later, but still. And by the end, you really realize it. Of, of the two adults in the movie that you really get a lot from, he's the one who knows what's going on. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, you have the man with all the power versus the man with none of the power, and you realize who's really in charge, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a, I want to say quintessential movie, but I think that's because it, it, it was like the original. I think it really founded a genre, almost, of movies that maybe aren't necessarily like action. You know, I think they'd be kind of be called chick flicks. Like, I think the the closest we have now actually usually reference the movies reference uh, Breakfast Club like I think a pitch perfect where you have all those rather staunch archetypes coming together and there isn't like a big action thing it's just you know telling a story kind of thing. well so. you're going into pitch perfect makes me think we should probably switch over to section two yep. and talk about uh, recommendations things that either make us think of this movie or that we thought about when we watched this movie so pitch perfect I, I agree with you to many extents yeah very good. I would also definitely say the television show Community yes. takes a lot from The Breakfast Club, um, and I would say intentionally and openly. Well, the very first episode, Abed just pounds the table and says, you want to know what I got for Christmas this year? Yeah. Carton of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, and just goes that whole Smoke day. up, Johnny. So, And in Pitch Perfect, she sings the song they use in the end credits. Yeah, and because there's really two movies that blatantly reference the breakfast club i'm sure there's many many more i'm slurring words now but but the two that immediately come to my mind that are similar genre are pitch perfect and easy a oh yeah another movie especially because easy a you know does the whole fist in the air thing at the end so well that was referencing another of john uses movies what the the breakfast club fist in the air well, no, where she rides away on the lawnmower. Oh, so that was a that was a double. Actually, no, that wasn't a John Hughes movie. That was referencing another '80s movie where he picks the girl up on the lawnmower outside of her house, and then it also references John Cusack, right? John Cusack, yes. Well, because it also references say the say yes, say anything. Because also no. references the Peter Gabriel thing. Say anything is what they reference when he holds the speakers yeah. up outside. Well, I always thought the... they were the same movie. <laughs> no, 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 because no, he does that with a car. He holds sure. a car up over his head? Yes, he yes. holds a whole car. <laughs> because his child was trapped underneath him. <laughs> I've seen that one, yeah, sure. But no, yeah, so that's, the Peter Gabriel's with the, the boom box, but in Easy A, he had like an iPod, right? He, he had, had an, an iPod, iPod dock. Yeah. yeah I, I really, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't know what movie it is. It's another 80s movie with John Cusack. Um, he basically becomes popular by association with this girl, and then eventually she falls in love with him. At the very end of the scene, he... Used to mow their lawn, and that's where she kind of, he kind of first met her. End of the movie, he picks her up on the lawnmower. They ride away in the sunset. Mm. Okay, so that would that actually easily really, it pulls from a lot of '80s movies. Yeah, that actually makes me really happy because that actually raises my esteem for Easy A. I, I mean, I liked the movie, but especially if they're you know homaging so many things there. Because I got the the Peter Gabriel and I got the uh, you know the fist in the air. But yeah, that whole. No, that's nice that they did a lot of that. Ten Things I Hate About You. There's another movie that really fits in well with this. Yeah, because we were just talking about that. Because my lady friend got me uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days instead of uh, Ten Things I Hate About You for a thousand. They are two very similar titles. Oh, sure. Let's be honest. I made the mistake myself. I mean, let's be be real. Her real purpose was so that she could keep it here and watch it whenever she came over. But But even if you look in Ten Things I Hate About You, well, I forget his name off the top of my head. The really nerdy guy is touring 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt around the school. He's going and pointing to all these different categories of people. Granted, he's referring to people as the beautiful people and the coffee drinkers and the stoners. It's still coffee referencing drinkers. that. Yeah, the coffee drinkers. Only it's a in very, the, very specific group. Only on the West Coast. Yes. Yep. <laughs> in the West Coast, would you have uh, letters to Cleo playing a cheap trick song on the top of your school, too? On <laughs> top of your school on, like, a cliffside. Yes. Like, it's ridiculous. It is, it is an awesome movie. That's a completely different movie. I don't think it's on Netflix, though, but it should be. It was. It was. I don't. If it is six ever months is ago. Again, I don't know if it still is. But, if it ever is again, then I'm picking that because I just want to watch <laughs> stuff. It's a good movie. Uh, so well, we said Community, we said, I mean, obviously, other John Hughes movies like uh, Pretty in Pink, which I don't actually like that much. I saw it for the first time a couple months ago. It's okay. It. I've heard for years about, oh, she should have gone with Ducky, she should have gone with Ducky. Ducky's the most annoying he character really ever. Like, yeah. I don't want her to end up with him. I want her to throw him under a train. Like, he was so grating in that film. the same guy that plays on uh, Two and a Half Men now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah he, play, yeah, he still plays that really annoying character. <laughs> Much more annoying in, in Pretty and Pink, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like two 16... and a Half Men's pretty bad. He's just a normal kind of nebbish dude in Two and a Half yeah. Men. He's annoying. And pretty and pink. I always like Sixteen Candles better. That is one of my favorite John Hughes movies. I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's a good one. We'll have to. I don't think it's on Netflix. It's uh something we have to watch just for a regular movie and review it. But it's another great yeah. movie. Do well, a whole right. episode on John Hughes, by the way. Oh yeah, we absolutely could. Well, let me ask this: specifically, Made in Manhattan and Drove It. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, those are two. My J Lo and Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, actually, they would. I could see them in a movie together. But anyway. I gotta stop saying Bit in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Bit in Manhattan. That sounds like a porno. Um, <laughs> That's why he said it. I allude to things. <laughs> yeah. Pierce just blurts them out. I do just blurt them out. I'm like that guy that's like, oh, ho, ho, get it? No. Um, what would you call this genre of High movies? High school movies. High, but I'm Pitch Perfect's not. That I'd call a college movie. I'm not being <laughs> facetious. That's what I'd call them. You just call them high school and college movies? Yeah. Uh, there, you wouldn't say there's like a bigger genre name to it there? Young person's movies? Okay. okay. I give up. Dave? Slice of life young person's movies? Yeah, I really wouldn't. It's really tough to group them because they're all, they all fall into that big like romantic comedy type thing. But all of them have like these separate nuances, like Pitch Perfect. It's it's more of a musical than anything else. This one, this is more sure. of a coming of age movie. Well, yeah, that's true. Breakfast Club would be more coming of age. I I mean, Easy A stuff like that. That would also be coming of age type, you know, high school drama. Pitch Perfect really just kind of it's reminiscent of the movie, but I feel like they wouldn't fit in the same genre if you had to group them all together. You're right. I think I think that reference. I think that fits more in that everyone's kind of a staunch archetype. Yeah. And that's one thing I liked about it was they kind of went with that and rolled with it where everyone is a very set personality. And and I like that because that always means there's room for growth in that. That's actually one thing uh, we'll get to it in the third part about Breakfast Club and about the archetypes in that. So, but anyway. There's a movie I'm amazed you haven't mentioned yet. I Another don't. Another movie? What? <laughs> mean Girls. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That fits. Absolutely, it fits. Okay, yeah. Or, I, I got or to let's head there. back to the '80s. Heather's. Yeah, uh, I don't know it's available on Netflix. I would definitely recommend it. I saw it for the first time a few months back. Very good. Another one. Oh, Saved. We talked about that uh, in a yep. previous episode. <laughs> saved. Now, yes. granted, that's probably a little bit closer to your high school life. No. Although, okay. again, it's Pentecostal. I'm not. Well, uh, yeah, I was about to say I went. To, I went to Catholic school. Like people, people in Catholic school. 
they really didn't care. It was just going to a school with rich people where priests lived, you know. So it really wasn't. No, there weren't a lot so of. So it was kind of like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, sorta. I guess. Also, now I've been thinking about Mean Girl. I'm going to go on a Mean Girl tirade because of how much I love that movie. Gosh, Pierce, you can't just go around asking people why they're not black. <laughs> Oh, I just want to shout out the fact that I learned this movie from the calculus teacher at my high school, about Mean Girls, I should say, because it was his favorite movie of all time, because he was this super nerdy guy, and he always wanted to have a picture of, uh, for those of you that, that watch Venture Brothers, um, he would, you know, that scene in the opening credits where Brock, like, kicks in a door, he always wanted that tattooed on his chest, okay? So this was the kind of individual he was. He wore a trench coat and stuff. So he was he was a little bit odd. A so little? You don't want to associate with in school. Definitely <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> someone you don't want teaching your children. <laughs> he comes into work every day with a trench coat and just never takes it off. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and he must be wearing really high pants. That's all I can figure. <laughs> so he, he was uh, walking out of a theater when he heard the line... We don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat because we hate you. He immediately cut in that movie and then watched the next showing of the of Mean Girls and it became his favorite movie. And he kind of passed it on to all of us. So that's oh, I love that movie so much. Uh, I got to rewatch that. I got to just have the, I just got to sit down and watch rewatch all these pseudo chick flicks now. <laughs> like another Breakfast Club, Easy A, all those. I got to Easy A is a lot of fun. I, it, I really, it really is. like that movie. Um, is there any other movies or television shows or comic books or songs or... There's so many movies. Don't you yeah. forget <laughs> about me. Don't. That's don't, another... Don't, the soundtrack don't. for this movie is just amazing. It's too. really yeah. good. And particularly how it's worked into the film yeah. as well. Both with the students actually singing or referencing the songs or dancing to the songs mm-hmm. or uh, the way it's cut in at the end with the, you know, the fist uh, pump in the air and all that kind of stuff. Now Pierce he does the right arm. Now Pierce does... Well, I switched my the, drink. The correct arm, you know. Which is the right arm. Which is literally the right arm. <laughs> yes. Uh, any, anything else we, we want to mention before we move into full spoiler territory? No. I think we're good. Alrighty. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie, hey, cut out now. Go watch it on Netflix. It's free if you have a Netflix, it's free if you have a Netflix subscription, <laughs> which is very cheap. So, definitely watch it. It's on HBO all the time. It's on, you know, you can pick it up anywhere. It's a classic. So if you don't want to hear these spoilers, go watch it first, then come back. But if you don't mind, or if you've already seen it, because most people probably have at this point, full spoilers. All right, we're in spoiler mode. Why, Why does the, the nerd end up with no one? Oh, because he's a nerd, and it's oh, realistic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what why. The truth here appears, not fantasy. <laughs> All right, what was your thing? Why, we both why does Ali message. Sheedy end up with the jock? I don't understand for a moment why that happens. Well, because It's not right, foreshadowed, right, it's not set up. It, it, it is, it is. It is foreshadowed the moment that the two of them got sent to, to pick up the sodas, all right? And here's why. His whole thing was he's being told how to live his life. He feels like he has no say in anything, and she is the one not only that feels the same way um but who broke out of that and just does whatever she wants exactly she's the one that wants attention from her parents he's the one who wants less attention from his parents so they're the polar opposites in that and they connect i mean i can see that i just don't think it was well enough established and i think my more problem with it is just oh she gets a makeover so now he can date her like a she looked better previous yes yes. but b that's just and maybe it's just because it's become a cliche since this movie Well, I but, th- that's the other thing. This movie sets so many cliches 
we think things are cliches now, but that's the movie that that spawned sure, so sure, much. Absolutely of it. get that because um, this is now almost twenty years old, which is yeah. really weird to think about. But yeah, so because here's the thing: all of them got with their opposite pairing, and I think that was to prove the point of opposites either either opposites attract or you know even if they are polar opposites, there's still you know similarities between that can tie together. And I think that's why the two of them because they they were opposite in the way their parents looked into looked at them but they were the same in that neither got the voice to be neither got to be heard the way that they wanted to be heard so i agree with that i'm pretty sure it's more the latter than the first part that you know <laughs> yeah i think it's more just to show that everybody has some sort of commonality within their lives my biggest question in the entire movie uh really has to deal with the character the nerd why you would try to kill yourself with a flare gun yeah, um, especially because you're the one character who should be way smarter than that. Yeah, yeah you should be way. How? I mean, arguably, it could be done. Yeah, it could be know. done. Exactly why would you? It. Why would like you have to bring it with you to school? How does it go off in your locker? And why is the elephant trunk lamp not working? Such a big deal. Okay. All right, so I thought about this one. One, I just watched The Road, which is so depressing. I, that's one of those movies that I, I, I'm, I'm, this comparison. I'm happy I've seen it once. I never want to see that movie again. Exactly. It's so dark. Exactly. And I, and I read the book, and whoo, man, so much weighty darkness. But anyway. So much eating people. Oh, so many <laughs> eating babies. Yeah. They read Faust a little too seriously. <laughs> with the flare gun, I mentioned The Road because... It's, he kills someone with a flare gun. So I think it can be done. It, it hurt someone like else. Hell. Yeah, but it, yeah. It's, it's just not the most it practical hurt like thing. Hell. Like, you know, you shoot yourself in the head, you don't know it. You shoot yourself with a flare gun, you're going to burn and it's going to hurt. So it's not the smartest way. But I think that's what he was pointing out with the nerd. I'm lecturing way too much. I apologize. I go on rants. With the nerd is that he he doesn't, he knows so much but doesn't understand it. And, you know, they kind of do like a, what's those diagrams? Venn diagram? No, where you have like the five points and things pull out in different directions. Like, everyone in that, in the movie is not a polar opposite, but they represent opposites in different things. So Bender is the opposite of the nerd in that he is all practical because he, you know, how can you fail shop? I don't understand it. Like, he's so practical that he doesn't get intelligent things, but the nerd is so intelligent he doesn't get practical things. And, like, so that's why he doesn't understand the flare gun. I thought the fact that it went off in Locker, locker was really dumb, too. I didn't yeah. understand how that happened. But that was pretty hilarious that it did, so. And I think the reason why he was so upset about the lamp is, speaking as the nerd, yeah. when you're used to everything going right for you, when you're used to always being correct and always getting an A, without even having to try, when you do try and you don't get that, it sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my chief examples would be any Spanish class I've ever taken, which <laughs> are the only classes in high school or college that I ever actually had to try at and still failed miserably or, you know, got yeah. C's or whatever. You know, it was devastating, not because, oh, you know, it's a, C, it's a C, who cares? It's a C, or it's, you know, it's shop, who cares? But it's the one thing you actually tried at and it's yeah. the one thing you failed at. It's, it's completely... It breaks your entire conception of the world, especially at that age. So I, that? Yeah. I totally got why that bothered him. Yeah, well, that's because you're also the nerd. So. Yes, I, well, that's what I'm saying. Again, I totally identify with that character, yeah. except that I'd be smart enough not to try to kill myself with a flare gun. Here's a question. Do we ever find out in this movie why Bender was there? Like, other than the fact that he's just there every Saturday? No, and I think that's kind of part of it in that 
you just know how much the the uh, vice principal hates him. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, he could get fired for that so hard. But, um, yeah, I think that was really all that came down. Oh, Bender. Poor Bender. Yeah, and we should say, like, you want to be the bad guy. All of us want to be yeah. the, the bad boy, we should say, rather more. But I don't want to be in any of those student shoes parental-wise. Like, no. all of their no. parents are just the worst. I mean, without a better way to say it, like, all their situations were just terrible in one way or another. And most of them by parents who probably meant the best, but it's some, completely irrelevant because yeah. they failed. Some yes, some no. Like, I feel like two of the five, their parents really meant the best. The the, the nerd and the jock. Well, and probably Ali Sheedy's parents as well. What was her parents' deal? I don't remember. They were that. just quiet and didn't want anything to do with her. Yeah. And, but was it, I mean, let's think about this in real world terms. Did they really want nothing to do with her or did they just not want to stifle her and not want to be controlling? Because you look at real world things and it's generally the parents were like that. Their parents were super controlling so they vowed, I'm not going to be like my awful parents oh, yeah. who were super controlling and instead of the kids do whatever and then their kids resent them for but, that and they become super controlling but you parents look, later. But see, the, the opening sequence was supposed to be the ground laying of the relationship with every single parent. So like, nerd, Find time to study. You know, Jock, like, oh, don't do this or you'll lose your full ride. Her, she got out of the car, leaned over to say something, and her parents just drove off. You know, so that to me isn't don't want to be overbearing. That to me is doesn't want anything to do with her at all. I, I can I just so, know that. Yeah. I mean, Bender's parents are obviously terrible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This we should cover why the rest of them are there. We have Bender who's just there because it's assumed that he's pretty much there every weekend. Yeah. Um, and will be forever. <laughs> and will be forever. Uh, the nerd, because he had a flare gun in his locker that went off, and he, I guess, had brought a weapon to school and got sent to detention. Ali Sheedy's character was there because she wanted to be there because she had nothing better to do. Yeah, yeah, um, I thought that was interesting. What was the jock? He got there because he taped somebody's butt cheeks together. <laughs> well, more than that, he beat the kid in the face. Oh. Yeah, he, he beat him up first. I mean, it was a, it was a really bad case of assault and battery. And yeah. I forget why Molly Ringwald was there. Why Why did she end up going? Molly Ringwald was there. Let me see. Wow. Why was Claire in detention? Pops up. Because yeah, everybody wants to know things like that. They just Google them. According to the world's foremost repository of knowledge, Yahoo Answers, <laughs> uh, the answer to the question, why was Claire from the Breakfast Club in detention? Uh, the answer is, she skipped school to go shopping. In the movie at the beginning, her dad is telling her that. I had to watch it a couple times to hear him say it. That yeah. seems like such a minor offense for you to get Saturday detention for. Well, you skipped school. I mean, it happens. And also, it's, it's mentioned here that John Bender. Bender, he pulled the fire alarm. That was what his specific Oh, thing that's right, was. because they do yes. talk about that. I remember that now, because... Right after the scene where he runs, where he gets put into the closet and they're threatening. Yeah, you think that's so funny? You think that's yeah, exactly. That's because I actually was president of the fire alarm club. Yes, I was. (laughs) I was distracted during that portion where he was running away to distract the vice principal, and so I didn't know if he pulled the fire alarm during that scene or not. So yeah. Speaking of the vice principal, uh, we've already mentioned a jerk. Yeah. But he gets told some very uh, good information by Carl, the janitor, which is something that I've been saying for years, even before I saw this movie, but, and it applies to many things beyond just kids these days, but in general, anytime anyone tells you that something is way worse these days, they're completely factually wrong. Here, it's a little bit more subjective, but it was very nice to hear the janitor say, these kids are no worse than any kids ever were. You just got old. Yeah. That's all it is. 
you know, music is not better or worse than it used to be, movies are not better or worse, books are not better or worse, television is not better or worse, you changed, it's all exactly the same as it's always been. With very minor differences. See, I disagree on two fronts. You know you're wrong. Okay. One, music. And I would say, even when we're growing up, it wasn't better. I'm saying, like, it has progressively gotten worse. No, not yes. even close. I, I you only remember the hundred or so songs that were really no, good. No, I'm not talking about it was the greatest when I was young. No, I'm saying it was still bad when I was young. Like, there's, uh, No, it's just... Even from the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, whatever, you remember the few artists who were any good, and you forget all of the crap that was out but there, what just I'm like saying, you'll forget all the crap that's out now in yes, 20 years. Yes, but what I'm saying is, even if you look at what will be remembered now from what is remembered then... It is no better or worse. It's just different. Yeah, because for now, we'll have everybody remembering from this decade, Wrecking Ball. Back yeah. in the 70s, they remembered The Hustle. Neither of them were that great. <laughs> okay, okay, The Hustle is fantastic, okay? Let's be honest about that. But no, I mean, you think about bands like yours and Katie's favorite, The Beatles. Like, you look at Zeppelin. We don't have anything of that creative magnitude. You have absolutely no idea whether that's true or not. A, there's way more music than there ever was. Oh, absolutely. But you won't know until 30 years from now whether we Who would you say is Zeppelin or Beatles or even Queen? So that we got three different... We won't know for 30 years until you look back. The Beatles were the most... I love the Beatles. Yeah. But they're the most simplistic, basic, boring thing ever in the beginning and then they branched out and got good and awesome. Um, See, I actually disagree. I prefer their earlier stuff. But it was nothing special about it. It just happens to be the Beatles, which is a great band and we look back at that early stuff. Again, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But you're looking at it wrong. You're looking at it from the wrong direction because you're looking at there's these three great bands from 30 years ago. You're not looking at the hundreds and hundreds of yeah. terrible bands. No, I absolutely agree. And there's bands currently that have been playing for years, like the Beatles, like Zeppelin. You have the Foo Fighters, who have been together for a long time, have produced oh, countless the, albums. The Foo Fighters uh, the are Red fantastic. Hot Chili Peppers. Everything Grohl does is fantastic. What I'm saying is he is not regarded in the level publicly that artists... You know that because you don't have the nostalgia to look back on it yet. Yeah, you will not know for thirty years. Okay, I I'm strictly talking about the fact that until he's Paul McCartney's age and he's up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Grammys playing with somebody forty years from now. I hope that's true. I hope thirty years from now, Grohl is the greatest guy that we look back on. But the majority of people prefer artists that a lot of which don't write their own music. Grohl writes okay. and produces... Okay, the same exact thing was true even more so 40 years ago. So, yeah, look at Motown. You know how many songs Neil Diamond wrote that were huge hits that you love for other I bands? I don't know about that. I don't I don't know about... Well, all right, for other bands. I thought you were going to say how many songs Neil Diamond You know how many be- songs you like, love uh, are covers of songs from 20 years before Oh, no, that, that I... Well, that's... Yeah. But I'm, what I'm... It's... Uh, the whole point is... I'm a bad example because the majority of my music now is just boop beeps and beep boops. So, I don't think it's really comparable with that. But no, I hear what you're saying. It's, so. you know, it's, there's all, everybody will always hate everything new until it's old. And then, oh, there were five or six really good things in that year. Just like there were five or six good things in every year. You just mm-hmm. won't remember them as, oh, wow, there really were those good things until 20 years, 30 years. In the future. And a, a lot of which I completely agree with. TV, movies, books, that's a lot of stuff I completely agree with. But I think music is the is the one exception to that. Gotta so, disagree. Yeah, same. But aside from that, with the principal and and the um, and the janitor, 
That's. I mean, did it bother you how much of the movie they're out? Because there's a, a lot of points where it's like, how are they not hearing whatever's going on right now? But at the same time, I don't want them to because I just want it to continue. Well, yeah, but the other thing is they were in the basement the whole time just drinking beer. That That's true, but were they really doing that for like six hours? What else are you going to do? Well, you're stuck at school on a Saturday because you have to be there because these kids are here. Yeah, why not? Just I don't know, maybe do your job. That's one thing I you could be doing. I also think it's a great, like, you know, retrospect onto, well, maybe not retro, retrospect probably isn't the right word. It's a great allusion to the older generation of that movie and how they don't get what's going on in these kids' lives. Except for Carl. Except for Carl, yeah. yeah. Because, like, he even said, what is, what is his phrase? Not the, I'm your eye, the eyes and ears, but I, I hear and see everything around Yeah, me. I thought he yeah. said I, eyes and ears, but yeah. yeah. Maybe he did. I, I just, yeah. uh, I don't want to misquote it. Um, yeah. I mean, the principal's a perfect example, just like their parents. How He's got, he, he's got no idea what these kids are going through. Their parents have no idea what these kids are going through. And that's why he's just there, pissed off at them, because he's got to be here on a Saturday, because they screwed up in some sort of way that he deems, you know... And, and to be fair to him and their parents, they do get exactly what the kids are going through, because they yeah. went through it 20 years earlier. They just don't remember. Yeah. Or they don't, you know... It's, it's sort of that... It's completely different from... You're yeah. 16, you don't understand love. Well, no, but that doesn't mean you did no, when you were 16 40, either. I just think it's a lot different than what I see it as. You know, and it was a big deal for you when you were 16. It's just, you know, things are different, big deals at different times in people's this lives. That's why I love reasons. this movie and continue to rewatch it because it just brings up so many deep concepts that you didn't think an 80s movie about a bunch of teenagers would. It gets tear-jerking towards mm, yeah. the end. With, with Anthony Michael Hall's The Nerd for yeah. Pierce, um, his whole speech, like... I was welling up, and yeah. this is the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie, because, and, and not just him, but his, his in particular really spoke to me, but all of them, it's just, mm-hmm. you really feel, I mean, these are full, these are rounded characters, full-fledged characters, not just, you know, they start as the archetypes, like you said, but as, specifically, so they can subvert that later. Exactly. So we've we rambled on about this movie for a while. Do you have anything else you want to say about The Breakfast Club? I just can't stop whistling. <laughs> Like they were whistling the... Oh, that was, that was a question. I was, we were discussing this with your dad earlier, dad, uh, Pierce. But, granted, it, it was a lot closer to the time when The Bridge Over the River Kwai was released. <laughs> but even with that, would high school students really be all these people from different groups all suddenly able be able to reference Bridge Over the River Kwai? But see, here's the thing. I think that is so well-known by people that they don't know it's from the River Kwai. I I think that's true now because of this movie, but I don't know if that would be true in 1985. Really? Okay. Right. I mean, I've, I've seen The Bridge Over the River Kwai. It's a fantastic movie. I can't think of many other people in my generation who've seen Bridge Over the River Kwai. Oh, yeah, that's true, but I think there's just so much that that tune is in. But again, I think that's because of this movie okay. and later references. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe one of our listeners could write in and be like, no, it was a big thing and whatever, you know, during the time Some the hustle sort of was symbolism going. that John Hughes was using to defend. Well, no, I mean, obviously, yeah. the prison camp versus yeah. detention. Yeah, well, I totally get that. It, 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 it strained credulity for me a little bit. Not enough to really take me out of the movie. It was a fun scene, as, as yeah. a lot of this is. Um, but do you have anything else you want to add, Dave, about no. the movie? Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think I'm... Yeah. Talk that as well. I've so. ranted. Sorry about that. So, uh, no, no problem. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Dave. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a good week, everybody. Don't you forget about me.
Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at jordanfrmjersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it.